This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. There's been so much going on lately in the world of artificial intelligence. A lot of us, you know, maybe kind of took things a little slow at the end of 2023 with the holiday season, especially here in the U.S. And guess what, y'all? Generative AI did not sleep. So today, we're going to be doing a little catch-up on what's going on in the world of generative AI, what's trending, and why it matters heading into 2024. So if you're new here, thanks for joining us. My name is Jordan Wilson, and I am your host of Everyday AI. Uh, If you're new here, Everyday AI is a daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter helping everyday people like you and me not just learn what's going on in the world of generative AI, but how we can all actually leverage it uh, for our careers to grow grow our careers and to grow our companies. So uh, this episode is a little different. Um, I hope it's a good starting point for everyone. So um, if you're a regular here, don't worry. Thank you for joining, by the way. Don't worry. I think you're still going to have a lot to take away from today's episode. But um, between today's episode and tomorrow's, which I'm going to get into uh, here in a second, I wanted to make sure to give everyone a good baseline of what's going on in the world of generative AI. Because um, if you haven't already got on board, I think 2024 is going to be the year where we see big companies, small companies, just about everyone dive into it. Uh, so this is a good starting point. Um, and we're going to talk about what I think are some of the most important, impactful, and probably influential kind of uh, news stories, so to speak, or uh, you know what these different big companies are doing um, and how they're going to affect us in 2024. All right. So Normally, what we would be doing here is going over the top AI news of the day, but it's kind of all AI news uh, today, you know, really what's been happening the last couple of weeks. But um, as always, please go to youreverydayai.com and sign up for the free daily newsletter because, yeah, we're going to have some of those, uh, you know, high-level news pieces of today, but today is uh, more to get into a little bit of depth uh, to give everyone a catch-up. Uh, if you have been taking it easy over the last week or two uh, with the holidays. So uh, tomorrow, I think, is going to be an extremely important show. I'm going to go ahead and plug it now because you're not going to want to miss this one. So uh, we're going to be going over seven ways to use Gen AI in your business in 2024. Uh, I've been talking a lot to uh, you know different you know listeners of the podcast, people who are viewing our, our live stream, reading our newsletter. Um, And I'm asking them, right, Uh, had a conversation with someone uh, even last week on the phone and just asking people what's helpful and what's not. And the thing that I hear most often is, hey, Jordan, you know, love everyday AI. This is great. That's great. But how can I actually use this? So we're going to be going over um, just some very practical use cases of generative AI, regardless of what your role is. Um, and I think that tomorrow's show is going to be a must watch, must listen. So make sure that you tune in for that. Also something that's, I think helpful, right? As we hopefully make this a starting point for everyone in, uh, you know, 2024 and happy new year to everyone, by the way here. Um, but you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 171. Uh, it's, it's going to be in the, um, 
the show notes and everything like that. But uh, I had a pretty, I would say kind of a hot take episode at the end of 2023, talking about what's coming in 2024. And uh, what's funny is, is some of those kind of uh, bold predictions that I made not even two weeks ago are already starting to uh, come to fruition, which is not surprising. I cover this uh, space every single day, but that's another important episode. So uh, make sure to check out the show notes to go back and listen to that. So with that, let's start at the beginning. But before we do, hey, it's been a while for our live audience. I've missed y'all. Uh, so thank you for joining everyone. And, and let me know if you are joining live, what are you seeing in 2024? What's your kind of pulse on what's going on um, in the world of generative AI, how it's impacting you, how it's impacting your business, uh, the different big softwares uh, that maybe your company is using or not using. Um, I, I'd love to know because this is why we do this show live. But thank you uh, to everyone for joining us. Jay saying Happy New Year to all. Megan, thank you for joining us. Mike, as always. It's good to also see former guests like Mike Forgey, uh in the comments here. Uh, Maybrit and Woozy joining us live as well as Cecilia, Brian, Douglas, everyone. All right, so let's talk about some big picture things on what's trending in the world of generative AI. All right, this one I think is going to be the biggest. So we covered this in our newsletter uh, in multiple facets at the end of the year, but um, the New York Times is suing OpenAI and Microsoft over AI use of their copyrighted work. All right. Here's why this is important. And I also want to give you a little bit of background, even on myself, right? Because I don't know who to root for in this, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of uh, people out there are maybe pulling for uh, generative AI, especially if you're a, an AI enthusiast. But my background is I was a journalist, right? I spent seven years as a, as a multimedia journalist, most recently at the Chicago Sun-Times, um, you know, did, did okay. You know, one ACP story of the year, I was a Pulitzer Fellow. So, um, you know, journalism is very important to me. Uh, you know, news reporting, especially um, in the day and age of, of generative AI and uh, deep fakes and misinformation, disinformation, AI is making that so much easier. So uh, journalism is essential, right? Even when we talk about generative AI. And if this news story right here, the New York Times suing OpenAI Microsoft doesn't signal that to you. I don't know what will. And we're going to have probably next week a dedicated show uh, just on this because I think it is that important. And there's a lot of aspects to this story that I think most people are missing. But if you are brand new and you don't understand this or you're like, all right, Jordan, why does this matter to me or anyone? Well, this whatever decision comes out of this case is going to shape all future litigation uh, because here's here's the reality. There are hundreds of lawsuits, very similar to this, most of them on a smaller scale. But the way that generative AI kind of works, and I should even probably hit rewind a little bit and even talk about like, okay, what is generative AI, right? Because artificial intelligence is not new. Artificial intelligence has been, uh, you know, being used um, you, you know, across uh, the world, but across, you know, specifically in the US for many decades. But generative AI is a little different, right? Your traditional artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning uh, was, was kind of for niche sectors for many decades or for people who are experts, right? 
Uh, generative AI is it's it's not technically new, but it's really just made it splash here over the last you know two or three years. But what generative AI is is essentially simple inputs giving you great outputs, right? So it, it, generative AI could be something like what we're seeing here, OpenAI, ChatGPT, when you put in a simple text prompt um, and you get a much longer text response. So maybe saying, hey, you know, write me a blog post about uh, this or, you know, give me a business plan for this type of business. So that's one example of generative AI is text to text. And then we're going to talk about here in a second, something like mid-journey, right? So mid-journey is like text to image. We're going to be talking about Pika Labs here in a second. That's a kind of text to video or photo to video. So that is the simplest way to explain what generative AI is. It is simple prompts um, in different formats that produces uh, content in different outputs, right? So this is why this case is extremely important because it's kind of like the elephant in the room that people don't talk about, but any large language model or uh, generative AI model is essentially trained off of copywritten work. That's the reality, right? Um, because it's all large language models are essentially trained on the history and the existence of the internet, as well as many other works of art that are maybe not um, available publicly on the internet. Um, so this is going to be very important. What the outcome of this is going to be, because it is not just going to impact OpenAI and ChatGPT and Microsoft. It is going to impact how the world, specifically how the U.S. does business. Because what we've seen over the last year, year and a half, is this kind of, uh, especially big companies putting, you know, one foot in the generative AI waters and one foot out. Uh, so the outcome of this case, however long that may be, and no one is sure, but it's going to take a while. But the outcome of this case will not only impact um, all of these other cases that are currently in litigation, but it is also going to impact a lot of these companies that have maybe been experimenting, or like I said, one foot in the waters and one foot out of the gen AI waters. Because here's the reality. One side is going to win, right? Even if there's some sort of you know agreement or settlement, uh, it doesn't matter. One side is going to win. It is either going to be news publishers whose uh, work, whose journalism, whose work of arts, whatever you want to call it, is essentially being used to train these models, all right? And why does it matter? Well, what we've seen, and this has been the big trend of 2023, uh, especially since ChatGPT uh, you know, got super popular at the end of 2022, you've seen all these news publishers lose traffic right? Because normally you would go into a search engine and you would search something. And then what you would happen is maybe you would stumble upon a New York Times article, you would click on it, and then they would get ad revenue from the ads that they're showing on their site when you get visitors there, or they're driving users there and they're driving subscriptions up. Um, so think of that across the scope of tens of thousands of publishers, right? Not just your, your newspaper, uh, your, your journalism, but all across, right? Like another uh, very popular, um, I guess, company that kind of got hit when generative AI came out is Stack Overflow. So Stack Overflow is essentially a, um, I would say it's a niche, but very large uh, website that helps people with technical issues, right? So when people started um, asking, you know, ChatGPT or other large language models, these issues, that they're now just in this large language model that has been built off of more or less, like I said, copywritten work or the open internet, these publishers now are struggling, right? You have 
tens of thousands of publishers that are in the, a similar position as the New York Times. And they're saying, well, our ad revenue is down. Our subscriptions are down. Our you know, users on our website, whatever it may be, is down. Because large language models are providing all of this information. And they're not, you know, different, different large language models work differently. Um, but they're not always citing, right? They're not always giving a link. Um, and in most times, especially recently, um, they're not, right? So this case here, the New York Times suing OpenAI and Microsoft is going to be, I think, one of the biggest news stories of 2024 and not just news stories, but how it, how business works. I can't emphasize enough how impactful whatever decision is made in this case will be to the world of generative AI. So that's why I wanted to talk about this one uh, a little bit more than others, but also for everyone joining us live, what do you think? What do you think? Right. Uh, Sean, Sean joining us here uh, on YouTube. Sean, thanks for joining us. So he said, uh, the suit, the suit suggests the drama at OpenAI might have been around the massive misuse of copyright protected content. Yeah. We're not quite sure, uh, you know, exactly what that drama is. And we're going to be talking about that here in a second as well. So, uh, let's keep going because there's a lot to get caught up on, right? There's a lot that happened over the last couple of weeks, couple of months, um, as we head into 2024. So speaking of open AI, right? This is going to be impactful as well. Um, and hey, if you are listening on the podcast, we always leave a link to the live stream. I am showing some slides uh, here um, on the live stream, but don't worry, I'm going to do my best to try to explain it to you as well. But I'd say one of the next most impactful um, situations here is OpenAI is growing despite turmoil. So uh, this was a report from the information saying that OpenAI's um, annualized revenue topped off at $1.6 billion, right? As companies at the, as customers have shrugged off the CEO drama, right? So yes, if you were sleeping under a rock or maybe you don't follow generative AI news, uh, you know, open AI CEO, Sam Altman was fired in November. And then within about, uh, a week or so he was reinstated as CEO. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I think we had like a, an hour long episode on that. So we'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Uh, but it's going to be important to keep an eye on open AI, right? Not just what we just talked about with, uh, the, the lawsuit with the New York times, uh, suing open AI and Microsoft, but also what's, what's going to be happening with open AI. Um, there's some reports, um, you, you know, on, uh, unconfirmed right now, but there's some uh, reports out there and we've talked about it in our newsletter as well. So make sure you go sign up for that at youreverydayai.com. But there's been reports that, you know, OpenAI may be uh, kind of phasing out plugins as they try to focus more on these custom GPTs. I personally think that's a big mistake, but we'll see. There's going to be a lot um, that's going on at OpenAI um, specifically, yes, they're driving in massive amounts of revenues. Uh, they are uh, striking, um, you know, partnerships with other companies to try to bring in more, um, how should I say it, uh, more formal content partnerships versus, you know, kind of just scraping the open web. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting on what happens um, as we look at open AI and, um, you, you know, board shakeups, all of these different things. All right. Speaking of large language models, another 
trending topic that's worth keeping an eye on is Anthropic is growing very quickly. All right, so uh, Anthropic, so uh, kind of a screenshot here from CNBC, but they're saying that the Anthropic is already in talks to raise $750 million uh, funding at an $18.4 billion valuation. Also, recent reports, for uh, Anthropic is forecasting $850 million in revenue in 2024. So, Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realized that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. There is this race, right? There is a large language model race. And OpenAI is very far ahead of everyone else, uh, specifically because of their partnership, I think, with Microsoft, right? They were um, the first you know, I'd say big model uh, to come out with their um, chat GPT in November, 2022. Obviously their GPT technology was available for years uh, before that, but that was kind of, I'd say the first splash that led to the generative AI wave of 2023. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of these other competitors, uh, specifically uh, Anthropic. Um, So Anthropic, obviously, if you haven't used their their platform before is a large language model. It's pretty good. It's not my favorite personally, uh, but uh, the Claude. So they have their Claude model. Uh, and it's 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 going to be, um, I think, very telling to see what Anthropic's next big move is, right? So uh, they're raising a lot of money. Uh, they have a lot of great partners on board. You see now, um, you know, kind of open AI, maybe in some murky waters. Uh, Google, which we're going to talk about here in a second, I think really fumbled uh, the bag with with its latest large language model um, offering in Gemini. So I think you have to keep an eye um, on Anthropic Claude. And here's why. Like I said, so many of these news stories that we're talking about here, some of these uh, trends uh, you, you know, in, in the latter part of 2023, as we head into 2024, are going to impact business decisions, right? I guarantee you, there are thousands of decision makers at large companies right now closely following what's going on with OpenAI and Microsoft's ongoing lawsuit with the New York Times. Because Microsoft 365 Copilot is largely based off of GPT-4, which is OpenAI's latest and best model, right? And you have now enterprise companies across the United States using Microsoft 365 Copilot, again, based off of GPT-4. So I expect 
Anthropic Claw to, to make some big announcements in 2024, specifically now with uh, some of this uneasiness or this cloud of uncertainty uh, around OpenAI, specifically as it relates to this ongoing litigation with uh, the New York Times. So uh, Anthropic Cloud is definitely one to keep an eye on. All right. And hey, as a reminder, if you're joining us live, thank you as always. Uh, like Leonard here saying Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I want to know, what are your thoughts on some of these trending stories? Um, what do you think 2024 has in store? Uh, but here's here's one thing, and I've, I've had a hot take episode on this where I kind of brought out a flamethrower on Google. Um, so Google released their Gemini model. Uh, and, and here's the thing, there is three different versions of it, but the one that they kind of released in their, you know, um, Bard, so Google Bard is kind of the, uh, Google's equivalent of chat GPT, but they updated the model, uh, inside of Google Bard from what was called Palm two to Gemini, specifically Gemini pro. So there's essentially three different versions of Google's newest large language model, Gemini. So it's Gemini nano which is really just for devices. It is a smaller use case, but I think might be the best use case. Um, you know, having an entire local large language model on a hardware device is extremely powerful. Uh, and then you have uh, Gemini Ultra, which has not been released yet. And that is supposed to be the biggest and best uh, model. However, Google uh, last month uh, in December decided to release Gemini Pro. So that is their middle model. Um, and you'll see here, even on this, uh, the screenshot in this venture beat uh, article where it says Google Gemini is not even as good as GPT 3.5 turbo researchers find. So yes, uh, Google's Gemini, uh, Gemini pro model that they released, um, with a kind of shady, uh, marketing video again, did a whole episode on that. So you can go listen to that, but the model was not very good. Right. So Google essentially was setting off sirens and saying, look at us, look at this new model, look at this splashy marketing video in, in Gemini Pro. If you look at the benchmarks and if you look at apples to apples comparison, it was largely behind GPT-4, right? OpenAI's model that had been out for many months. Um, so it's still worth paying attention to, obviously, right? Uh, Google, uh, Google owner Alphabet is, you know, one of the largest companies in the world. So, uh, I do expect them to bounce back. But again, I think Google has continually dropped the ball when it comes to generative AI, uh, their communication about their models. Um, you know, obviously when they first released, uh, Google Bard, they did so with an error in their marketing video that had an incorrect response. So Google has continually, I think, been behind their larger competitors and they have dropped the ball over and over. But as we look forward in 2024, you can't write Google off, obviously. Um, you know, one of the largest companies in the world, uh, so many companies, even, uh, you know, my company, we run on, uh, Google workplace, right? So, uh, as their AI hopefully improves, um, we might see them kind of rise up uh, a little bit and, uh, you know, I guess stake a bigger claim in the generative AI space. All right. Speaking of Google. Yeah. This was in my 2024 hot takes preview. Jobs are going to be lost. I know no one wants to talk about that. 
I know no one wants to talk about that, but here, um, this was widely reported, but uh, this article here from Search Engine Land, uh, talking about Google Ads team is facing a major restructure uh, with automation, but there's reports that Google's ad sales team, which is 30,000 people, there's reports that, yeah, people are saying it's going to be all 30,000 people laid off. I don't think all 30,000 people are going to be laid off, but there will be, uh, according to reports, substantial layoffs coming in Google's ad, uh, ad sales department because of the success of, guess what? Generative AI. Um, so yes, we, we, we talk about this all the time. AI will create new jobs. Yes. But in this case, let's just, you know, I don't like making random projections, but let's just say half. Let's just say Google lays off half of their 30,000 uh, member ad team. So 15,000 people. Are they going to create 15,000 new jobs specifically uh, around AI and ads that weren't there before? Probably not, right? I've said this once. I'll say it many times on this show. Wall Street hates employees, period. There's going to be massive, massive, massive layoffs in 2024 uh, as companies finally figure out how to properly implement and integrate generative AI uh, into their daily daily workflow. And I've said this all along. I actually said this on the very first episode of Everyday AI, some almost, uh, you know, seven months ago. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Ryan, a business owner in the medical space, had to say about the course. His information and his podcast have been very helpful in everything that I do in using artificial intelligence. In fact, it's been a game changer. Using the triple P method is absolutely phenomenal. And in fact, I teach that to a lot of people that I have in my circles. And so I would just like to say thank you to Jordan Wilson and thank you for presenting everything that you do. And I look forward to learning more from you. Everyone's prompting wrong. And the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. You are going to see huge, huge, huge layoffs with generative AI as soon as companies figure it out. So it's something, I know we don't want to talk about it. And you know, people want to talk about the optimistic side all the time, and which is great, but I'm a realist here, y'all. All of the biggest companies in the world, right? They have either already or they will soon talk about layoffs because of generative AI, all right? Companies are laying off tens of thousands of employees over the last 18 months, yet they're investing in some cases, tens of billions of dollars, um, <laughs> you know, into their own uh, AI offerings or billions of dollars in investment in other companies. So it's important to keep an eye on in this uh, kind of what's happening uh, at the Google ads team with these 30,000 employees will probably be an indicator of something bigger to come. All right. Another big story here, Microsoft. And this was, I think, pretty, pretty recently. But Microsoft has released uh, their free Copilot app on Android and iOS devices. Uh, so this is something I think that's not getting a lot 
of attention. And it probably should be. Here's why. It is free. And like we talked about just previously, uh, Microsoft Copilot, and a little bit more on uh, some of my, uh, I guess, beef with the marketing around it. But it's it's based off of the GPT-4 technology. So maybe you don't want to pay $20 a month for ChatGPT. You don't have to, uh, because at least right now for very limited things, you can access uh, the GPT-4 technology in the free uh, Microsoft Copilot app. So my beef with this marketing around it, it's, it's kind of confusing, right? Because uh, originally we were referencing uh, kind of Microsoft's AI, uh, Gen AI offering as Microsoft Bing. And then it was, you know, their Bing chat and then it's Bing Copilot. So uh, I think the best way to differentiate this, if you're not looking on, uh, if, if you're not joining us live here, but uh, essentially you can download uh, this Microsoft Copilot app on your phone and you can essentially chat with their uh, Bing Copilot. So you can ask it anything like what's uh, showing uh, here on the screen. You can create images with words and that's through uh, their Dolly integration via OpenAI, their Dolly 3 uh, integration. So there's a lot of, um, I think, great use cases. So if you are looking to um, better prepare yourself for generative AI and how it will be used in your company, one of the first things I told people is stop using Google, right? So whether you use OpenAI with, uh, you know, ChatGPT with plugins or their browse with Bing feature, or you're using, you know, Bing Copilot uh, or, you know, Google's uh, search generative experience, I think one of the best things that you can do, which we're going to talk about more tomorrow, to prepare yourself um, and to make yourself, um, I'd hate to say, more irreplaceable. Um, but if you're worried about job security, or if you're just looking to grow your, grow your career, grow your company, you should be using generative AI as much as possible. And I think this is probably one of the easiest ways now, a free app from Microsoft that gives you access to GPT-4 technology, that gives you access to uh, the latest um, kind of text-to-image model, Dolly 3, from Microsoft, or, or sorry, um, I'm sorry, from OpenAI. I think it's a great way to do it. All right. Couple more big trending stories uh, here in the world of generative AI as we kick off the new year. Apple, yes, something that we don't really talk about a lot on the show, right? Even if we just look at Microsoft, Google, and Apple, right? Uh, I think that's like three of the biggest eight companies here in the US. Three very different approaches to generative AI in 2023. You had Microsoft, I'd say leading the pack, right? So we just talked about uh, micro, uh, you know, 365 Copilot, which is generative AI baked into the operating system that um, allows all of Microsoft's different apps to talk to each other with generative AI. I think as more and more companies get a hold of it, it's going to be a complete game changer. Um, and then you have Google, which again, I think they've fumbled their generative AI offering. Um, I'd say they've been trying to play catch up uh, with Microsoft because Microsoft, with its partnership with OpenAI and its 49% uh, ownership stake reportedly, um, they've been ahead of it. Microsoft's been ahead. So I think Google had some pressure to uh, release um, its kind of AI offerings maybe sooner than it wanted to, which I think has led to them fumbling um, the marketing and the rollout significantly, but then you've had Apple, which you've heard about nothing aside from rumors, right? But we do know at least 
according to reports that Apple is working very hard behind the scenes, feverishly. Uh, so this, uh, this report from the New York Times is saying that it's offering publishers deals worth up to $50 million. So partnership deals, I think, are going to be huge in 2024 as the uh, OpenAI New York Times uh, case gets um, litigated in the courts. But we've already seen signals from Adobe working with uh, kind of a more, um, I'd say, legal approach. Um, and it looks like Apple as well is trying to strike up large partnership deals before it rolls out its, um, you know, rumored large language model. You know, that's most people are calling it Ajax or whether you want to call it Apple GPT, whatever it may be. But uh, whatever happens with Apple, I've always said they are late to the party, but they're usually the coolest kid there. So I'd say whether that's in, you know, nine months or two years, whatever Apple does release is going to be monumental. Um, you know, kind of a lot of the rumors are is you're going to have a, you know, sort of large language model or an AI assistant on your iPhone or on your uh, Mac computer that works on the operating system, similarly to uh, how Microsoft 365 Copilot works. Um, so it's something definitely to keep an eye on. And um, App Apple's much more calculated um, and safe and slow approach so far at least when it comes to you know company valuation, because I think that's what drives so many of these uh, new announcements and uh, new features sometimes. Um, Apple is not super far behind. It's not like um, you know they're getting crushed uh, on on the stock market. They're you know keeping up. They're not as you know far ahead uh, in you know not making as big of gains as a company like Microsoft. But uh, Apple late to the party, but I think they're still going to be the cool kids. So it's something to keep an eye on. All right, a couple other things as we wrap up what's trending in the generative AI world and why it matters. Pika Labs, uh, so they uh, announced their Pika 1.0. So Pika is a very similar to Runway. So we've had a couple Runway episodes here on the Everyday AI Show, so make sure to go check those out. But uh, Pika, I'd say, is a huge competitor. So uh, you know they released their Pika Labs 1.0, which is essentially text to video. Right. And then Pika Labs uh, Runway, they also have different features where you can go photo to video. But if 2023 was the year of, you know, text to text, you know, kind of with Chat GPT, um, you, you know, with uh, Google Bard, with, uh, you know, Bing Copilot, with Anthropic Claude, I think 2024, and we talked about this on the 2024 predictions, I think 2024 is going to be the year of, you know, kind of uh, text to video or photo to video. You know, when um, these technologies first started rolling out about two years ago, they were archaic, right? They didn't look very good. They actually looked pretty bad, if I'm being honest. But recent offerings, you know, from uh, Runways Gen 2 and Pika Labs 1.0, are pretty impressive, especially Pika's kind of first uh, big splash in this space. Uh, the results have been amazing. Uh, we'll probably share a couple in the newsletter. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go to youreverydayai.com and subscribe uh, so you can see those as we share them. Um, but I'm also curious. So aside from, yes, Pika also announced a $55 million uh, funding round, but I'm also interested to see how Runway responds. So Runway has, has been the leader 
I'd say by a very wide margin uh, in the text to video and in the photo to video space. So I'm going to be interested whether it's, you know, their, their gen three offering or, you know, maybe some of their next updates, but this is a space that you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of. So in the same way that you've probably, you know, whether you're on social media or, um, you, you know, looking at things online, it's probably how in 2022, you couldn't really escape chat GPT, or maybe you can't escape seeing these, you know, mid journey images in your social media feed. I think the same can be true for video in 2024. It is going to be a huge space because the quality has not been there, but I think now with Pico Labs and with whatever runway responds to, it's going to be there. And I think it's going to change how small businesses can do marketing. It's going to change the creative and the storytelling process significantly. Y'all, I have a background in, you know, creating photos and videos and storytelling, obviously. And, and what, you know, Pico Labs 1.0 and, and runway, um, what it allows the average consumer with not a lot of technical skills, not a lot of creative skills to produce is astonishing. Uh, the quality of these is now actually usable, right? Emphasis on usable. It's, it's again, it's, you know, you can't really create something uh, out of the box that looks like it was created, you know, in a studio. But I think that's the direction of where things are heading. Um, all right, let's keep this thing going. Mid-Journey, big news, trends, something to keep an eye on. Mid-Journey V6 uh, was announced in December. And if you haven't checked it out already, I can't encourage you enough to go check out Midjourney V6. Um, a very, very brief history. So uh, Midjourney releases pretty, pretty large updates. You know, every every month or so. So um, I'd say once Midjourney V4 came out, that's when the the quality of Midjourney with its text to image technology with its text to image kind of generative AI platform. I'd say V4 is when you could start looking at the outputs and saying, okay, yeah, you can use this commercially. You can use this um, for a, a big creative project. Obviously, we have to keep in mind what we talked about earlier because there's plenty of lawsuits out there uh, as well against a lot of these uh, text to image uh, generators. But Midjourney V6 is leaps and bounds better, uh, I'd say, than any other uh, text-to-image platform out there right now. There's a lot of them. We talked about Dali. Um, there's Stable Diffusion. There's Leonardo. There's a lot of different of these text-to-photo. Uh, but right now, especially with this V6 update, Midjourney is straight crushing it. They are straight crushing it. Also, moving off of Discord and being able to use Midjourney now uh, on the website uh, is is a welcome change and also a big step uh, for the um, for the industry as as a whole. All right, those are the biggest trends that you need to be paying attention to. So, like I said. 2023, I think a lot of us here in the US, maybe with the holidays, we took a little break, right? Ourselves included. So today's episode, the whole point was to give you a little bit of an update on, hey, here's what's been going on the last couple of weeks and the couple of months. And as we look forward in 2024, all of those stories, as they unfold, are going to be impacting how we do work, right? Generative AI in all forms is going to be extremely 
extremely impactful to how we all do work, which is something we're going to be talking about tomorrow. However, I'm showing something on my screen now. I kind of teased this once uh, in December, but we have a free, yes, a free three-hour generative AI course. So if you want access to this course, I know a couple of y'all did this last week, uh, but if you haven't already gotten access to this free three-hour course, it, yes, it's a three-hour course. It took us maybe 30 hours uh, you know, to put all of this together. Uh, so this is an incredible resource. All right, so just reshare this, right? So if you're listening on the podcast, we always have notes to, you know, kind of the LinkedIn. So share this post on LinkedIn, share this, uh, you know, on Twitter, and I will send you access to this free generative AI course. And here's what you learn. You actually learn a lot. Uh, so you learn some basic and advanced things within ChatGPT. Uh, you learn a lot within using even Bing, uh, kind of their Bing search or now called, you know, Copilot. You learn runway. You learn mid-journey. So some of those, you know, text to image uh, and then photo to video platforms, as well as 11 labs, text to speech. So this is, if one of your goals in 2024 is to better learn generative AI, to learn the basics, I get it. It's hard. There's a lot of noise out there. This free course not only teaches you the basics and some nice tips and tricks on one platform, but it covers everything from text to text, text to photo, photo to video, text to speech, and then putting it all together and understanding how all of these different platforms work together. So I obviously I'm a little biased, but I can't recommend this course enough to anyone out there, even if you are uh, a gen AI, you know, doing it on the day-to-day, -day, even if you are a little advanced. I think that there's a lot to learn in this course. So make sure if you're listening to this on the LinkedIn Live, just click repost. Uh, I'll share this. Uh, Twitter, same thing. Just you know, retweet uh, this episode. And then if you're listening on the podcast, check the show notes. Let me know once you've shared it, and I'll send you. Um, I'll send you access to this free three-hour course. All right. YourEverydayAI.com. That is the website. If you are new here, joining for the first time, I have to tell you, we have some big things coming. All right. We have some big things coming, not just to our website, to our newsletter, to the live stream, to the podcast, but a lot more. So you're going to want to make sure to go check it out. So go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for that free daily newsletter to stay ahead. Uh, Jay asking here, do you have to have paid access to the various services to take the course? No, it's all absolutely free. Jay, free, uh, free account to sign up. I'll send it all to you. Um, so make sure to join us tomorrow. All right. So maybe, maybe this episode got the, uh, got the wheels turning in your head, right. As we caught up with everything that's going on in the generative AI world. And you're like, okay, how, how can I use this? Right. How am I going to practically use, you know, chat GPT or mid journey or, you know, some of these different tools and techniques. Tomorrow's episode, you don't want to miss it. So make sure to tune in uh, as we go over seven ways to use Gen AI in your business in 2024. So thank you for joining us. And I hope to see you back tomorrow and every day for more Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.